Coming up on OkraCast from the Southern Foodways Alliance, Lane Kaplan-Levinson gets the scoop on Honduran food in New Orleans. Stay with us. I want to hear the story of how it came to pass of all the dreads and I'm Anna Hamilton, and welcome to OkraCast from the Southern Foodways Alliance. OkraCast maps food culture across the changing American South. Each week, we introduce you to the dynamic people, places, and traditions of our region. Many different ethnicities make up New Orleans' population, yet only a few are part of its mainstream culinary scene. Take the Honduran community. Though its presence is strong, not many restaurants are representative of this slice of the city's population. Producer Lane Kaplan-Levinson discovered that, from baleadas to beans and rice, there are a lot of Honduran food options in New Orleans, whether or not there's a storefront to prove it. On a Sunday afternoon in August, the All-Latino Pelican Soccer League is in playoffs at one of New Orleans City Park's soccer fields. Hundreds have come to cheer on their husbands, brothers, uncles, and friends. It's a family affair. Donna Gloria, a native of Honduras, is deep-frying chicken parts under a large tent on the sidelines. She's surrounded by fryers and flaming grills in the 90-degree heat. Gloria is the on-site chef for the league and cooks for the crowds every Saturday and Sunday from February to November. She builds complex flavors with simple ingredients. I've lived here for 30 years and everyone knows me as Doña Gloria, the great cook, and here I am. She's got beef and pork on the grill, rice and beans simmering, and potato salad on the side. We have pollo con tajades, it comes with green plantains, cabbage, salsa, sauce, onion, and jalapeno. It's the special chicken dish. Gloria is also making baleadas. A baleada is a wheat flour tortilla, but thicker than you'd expect, like an Indian naan. It's folded in half and filled with beans, cheese, eggs, meat, and if you're lucky, avocado. This is one of the country's most popular breakfast and snack items. New Orleans has a sizable Honduran population, almost as large as its Vietnamese population. Yet while Vietnamese cuisine is popular across the city, Honduran food has yet to cross over into the mainstream. Gloria dreams of having a restaurant one day, but for now, she serves her loyal customer base on the field. She came here in the 80s as a single mother with her daughters. She knew others who left Honduras in search of the comforts and opportunity they heard the states had to offer, and New Orleans was a common destination. It has been for the past century. New Orleans, with its port, has this rich history with the fruit trade, specifically bananas. This is Sarah Fouts, a doctoral candidate at Tulane University researching Latinos in the U.S. and their foodways. The biggest name that, that's most familiar is Samuel Zamuri. Also known as Sam the Banana Man. A Russian Jew immigrant, but ended up in New Orleans. Started selling like rotten bananas on the street and kind of, you know, earned some capital. And he realized there was a market to, you know, kind of add the northeastern coast of Honduras to bring bananas in through the port of New Orleans. Zamuri met an ex-Honduran president named Manuel Bonilla, who was living in exile in the French Quarter. 
Benia told him Honduras was bountiful with bananas and that he could help him start a business. This was in 1898, when 21-year-old Zamuri had already made $100,000 by scouring for the overripe bananas being thrown out at the port and selling those to street grocers for cheap. This is when the story gets crazy. Zamuri, Benia, and two mercenaries joined forces, bought a steamship, filled it with weapons, went to Honduras, overthrew the government, and put Benia back in power. Benia then gave Zamuri 5,000 acres of land to start importing bananas back to New Orleans. And so that kind of started his business, which ended up being the United Fruit Company. I think that created this early relationships with Hondurans and New Orleans. So who is coming today is kind of like this, you know, I have a cousin or I know someone that's in New Orleans. That's why I'm in New Orleans. Just word of mouth and having like those early connections. So my brother came here first because he had a friend staying here. And then I followed him here. And that's how I got here. This is Sara, owner of Taqueria La Delicia, a food truck or lonchera. She runs the business with a few friends. Sara usually sticks to the one location, right by a big Lowe's home improvement store on Elysian Fields Avenue. She parks where the road meets the train tracks under the freeway overpass. She serves a lot of the day laborers who wait outside the Lowe's looking for work. Taqueria La Delicia stays busy, and so does Sara. 4.30, 4.30 in the morning. I wake up to cook, to fry beans, fry eggs, prepare the maize for the tortillas, make different types of natural juices, like mango with pineapple, tamarind, melon, watermelon, whichever. It's always different each morning. And then we come here. They leave the house at 6 a.m. to buy ice, put gas in the generator, and get to their spot by 6.20, where they serve until 5 p.m. Later, at 5, I go home, and there's another lady cooking everything, preparing the meat. You have to make salsas for the next day. You have to grate cheese. All this until 9 or 10 at night. 4.30 to 10, every day. Yes, it's tiring. The aftermath of Hurricane Katrina provided job opportunities for tons of Central Americans to come help rebuild the city, and most of them have stayed. Here's Sarah Fouts again. Post-Katrina, you have all these workers and you need these like mobile vendors of food, and like how are you getting food to people? So I think the way in which they're on the street, they're filling a need, you know, they're getting food that people are familiar with that they want to eat. While Gloria back on the soccer field dreams of running a restaurant one day, Sara is happy serving on four wheels. It's quick and convenient for her clients. The only downside is she can't make the pollo con tajades. The truck's too crowded to fry chicken. This is a problem for some people. You know, who, who wouldn't like to eat uh, some fried chicken, you know, especially fried chicken in New Orleans, you know? In New Orleans, being fried, it's, it's, it's an acceptable way of life here. <laughs> this is Jose Castillo, who runs Norma's Sweets Bakery with his wife. Jose moved here from Honduras when he was five years old. Jose's mom, Norma, opened the bakery in 2003 in Kenner, a suburb of New Orleans. Jose and his wife worked there, but then the family decided to open up a second location in New Orleans. This Norma's is located in Mid-City, where a lot of the New Orleans Latino population lives. At this location, we do have a little market, a little produce section, a little grocery section. Try to offer a little bit more for like a convenience. There's the grocery section, 
an amazing bakery with all sorts of sweet and savory pastries, tres leches, and of course, churros. Next to the bakery is a hot food section where Norma serves lunch every day with everything from Honduran baleadas to El Salvadorian pupusas. We always do pupusas, we do the Cuban There's also a Western Union window where people can send money back home. Back before Katrina, there was Union Supermarket here on Tulane. To me, the Union Supermarket, uh, you know, it always had all the little Latin products that you were looking for to make those Latin dishes uh, when everything was very hard to find. The Union Supermarket never came back after the hurricane, so Norma's is the new hub for specialty items and home-cooked lunch plates in a central part of town. And in terms of its clientele... It still is Latin-based, but, um, you know, now we have a lot of uh, Americans that come here and they want to they eat beans, they want to eat the baleada. I'm, I'm happy when I see a new face, but I'm very happy when, when that same face comes back, you know. Elizabeth Oviedo, a native of Honduras, moved from Houston to New Orleans to work in disaster cleanup after Katrina. We were in the schools, cleaning out the books, the trash, water, the furniture. When the work ended, a lot of people went back to Houston. But I couldn't go back because I came to pursue a dream. I stayed with some friends here. The work ended, but I started to cook. They would go to work for the day, and I would cook. And in the afternoons, I'd serve them food. The whole time I was thinking, when I can rent a house, I'm going to run my restaurant out of that house. And that's how I got started. The people Elizabeth cooked for were the day laborers from all over Central and South America who continued in the rebuilding process after the storm. Elizabeth saved up $80,000 that first year feeding the day laborers. She drew so much attention from the dozens of cars parked outside her house each day that city officials showed up to see what was going on. They knocked on my door and asked, you sell food here? And I said, yeah. And they said, you can't sell food here anymore because it's not legal. They told me, look for a place. We're not going to fine you. We'll help you. I had the money, but I didn't have any knowledge of how to rent a place, the permits, and they helped me. The guy that had shut me down in the first place, he came and brought all the permits to me. They followed up with me until I opened the restaurant. And so Elizabeth has succeeded in what many Honduran cooks dream of, a real brick-and-mortar business. She runs Telemar on Tulane Avenue. This restaurant serves a particular clientele. We get a lot of men, mostly men. A lot of them aren't married, and they don't have someone to cook for them. They go to work, then they come here to eat. Jose from Norma's says Americans like Honduran food. They just might not know it's Honduran. Here he is again. Marketing-wise, the word Mexican, it's more known uh, in, in the United States. You know, people tend to think that all food is Mexican or something like that. And some Hondurans are using this assumption to get New Orleanians through their doors. Sarah Fouts points out how signage is the key. Once on the North Shore, the other side of Lake Pontchartrain from New Orleans, Sarah saw a sign that caught her eye. There's a sign in it that reads in English. It says Mexican-American Cafe. And, you know, big letters, that's the main part of the sign. But on top of it, it reads in Spanish, typical Honduran soups and plates. So for the English-speaking market... They're trying to sell this Honduran food because that's, you know, the presumed palate of this non-Latino population knows 
Mexican food. Like, that's what's familiar. But for the actual Hondurans or Mexicans or Guatemalans or Salvadorans, you know, they, they admit they're like, in Spanish, it's Honduran food. But Jose thinks this is slowly starting to change. He points to the popularity of Vietnamese food in New Orleans. He says this could be what's next for Honduran cuisine. Now people starting to realize you have Vietnamese restaurants that you didn't have before, and you had Vietnamese people here. You know, you've been having Vietnamese people in the state since the 70s or better. And, you know, no one knew what a Vietnamese restaurant was, but now you do. So maybe one day, Honduran restaurants will start popping up on every corner. But for now, most Honduran food in New Orleans is still about serving their community. It's nostalgic. Food reminds us of home. Everyone has stories about food, but they're really stories about family. Here's Jose's. When I was a kid, my mom used to cook these meals on a Sunday, and family members and friends would always come on. And they would always, when we're eating, they would say, buen provecho. In translation, it means good opportunity. So I was like, man, every time we are cooking, they're here. So they always know the opportunity when to come eat. But as I got older, you know, I was taught that buen provecho means enjoy your food. Uh, the French would say bon appetit. It's not trying to say, oh, I'm here at the right time or good opportunity for me to eat your food. You know, but now when I was a kid, I was like, man, they always know when we're cooking. <laughs> Honduran food may still be hard to find, but it's here if you look for it. Buen provecho. Thanks to Lane Kaplan-Levinson for that story, and thanks for listening to OkraCast. I'm Anna Hamilton. You may not think you're hungry. This show will change your mind. I didn't know I was thirsty. Overcast is the soundtrack for the Southern Foodways Alliance, bringing you the stories behind the food. The Southern Foodways Alliance documents, studies, and celebrates the diverse food cultures of the changing American South. If you're hungry for more, visit us online at southernfoodways.org and consider joining us as an SFA member. I want to hear the story of how it came to pass. Okay? Awesome. All right.